Well, if I could just draw your attention up here. One of the uh, vivid images that we have of eternity uh, is a banquet, which is one of the reasons we wanted to do something like this this morning, to give you a visual reminder and a visual thing to take with you that the, uh, the, one of the images that we have of eternity is a banquet feast where we will gather and there will be food and there will be choice wine and there will be conversation and you'll sit next to someone that is different than you and you'll sit across the table from, uh, from a saint of old and you'll have conversations about life and about faith and about things to come and you'll be able to share with one another. So one of the perspectives, one of the visual images we have is this banquet feast. And so we wanted to give each other this kind of not just talk about it, not just kind of say what it's going to be like, but to give us a, a tangible experience this morning, what it might look like to gather around a table, across the table from someone who's different than you, where there's young and there's old together at the table, where there's men and women together at the table, people of various backgrounds and, and demographics and cultures gathered at the table. Because one day we'll gather at the great banquet feast and there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered at this table and we will celebrate. And recognize on your banquet tables this morning is the communion elements. Because centered in our new family, new relationship, and centered at that banquet feast in eternity is Jesus Christ. That we are bound together, we are together at the table, centered around Jesus the Christ. Everything is centered on Him. Everything hinged on Him. All of history is changed because of Jesus. And so this morning, as a visual, visible reminder of that, we put the communion elements in the center of our table. So in the middle of our banquet feast, we're reminded that we're not just individuals that come to this banquet feast. We are a family. And a family that is centered and bound together because of Jesus. And when we gather together as a family, there's a place for you. When we gather at the family, the banquet feast of eternity, there's a place and there's a hospitality for people of all walks of life that are centered their lives on Christ and we will gather together. We've talked to these last couple of weeks about the, how the communion table, how the Lord's Supper is a way in which we can experience or see the ethic of the kingdom of God. That we see the kingdom on display at the table. The various ethics and the various value systems of the table, we see it, or at the communion table, we see it and display in Christ and His life. We talked about how when we come to the communion table, we see and we, we rehearse or practice a particular kind of value system or, or a particular kind of ethic that we are to become a particular kind of people, distinctively different because we are driven by an ethic of the kingdom, because we are kingdom people. We are not people of the prevailing culture. Our citizenship is not of this prevailing culture, but our citizenship is in heaven. Jesus' main message as he started his ministry and all throughout the early teachings and all throughout his life, the main ministry, the main teaching of Jesus was the availability of this new life in God's kingdom. The words that he spoke to would describe and to model what this new life looked like in the kingdom of God as it is available to each one of us. Mark chapter 1, at the very beginning of his public ministry, records this. After John, meaning John the baptizer, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. 
Repent and believe the good news. Now we talk a lot about this at Crossroads these days where that the kingdom of God has some to say about our, our eternity and has a lot to say about heaven and, and about what happens after we die. But it also has a lot to say about how we live today. Because the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, has come near, is available, is close, is at hand, is right now. And what we see in Jesus, the Christ, is the demonstration of that kingdom. What the ethic and what the value systems of the kingdom is on display in Christ. And he models it for us perfectly and he portrays it at the table. But he also portrays what humanity can become. As we align ourselves and apprentice ourselves after Jesus and we see ourselves in the kingdom, as we live the kingdom way, Jesus demonstrates what the kind of life we can experience, the eternal kind of life that's available right now. And over these last couple of weeks, we've looked at the Lord's Supper and we've looked at the prevailing culture and we've contrasted the ways of the prevailing culture with the ways of the table. And the prevailing culture is confronted by the ways of our kingdom way of the table. The way of uh, the prevailing culture, or the, sorry, the way of the, of the table is a way of hospitality, of welcome, where people are different and there's a diversity, diversity of the table where people are welcome at the table regardless of their backgrounds and regardless of what they may, where they may come from. We talk about the, the hospitality of the table. Biblical hospitality is one where there's diversity and there's welcome at the table. But the prevailing culture's view of hospitality is to welcome those who look like you, who talk like you, who are like you. The culture's hospitality has nothing to do with the kingdom hospitality. But what we see on display on the ta- at the table is the value and the ethic of hospitality, biblical hospitality, where there's a welcome for other people. The biblical hospitality is confronting the way of our prevailing culture. We also talked about the way of the, uh, biblical reconciliation where the way of the table leads us to be reconciling people, especially to those who have offended us, that we go and reconcile and we seek harmony and peace and we seek forgiveness with those, even those who have harmed us. Yet the prevailing culture of the way is not reconciliation when someone harms you in the prevailing culture. It is, if you harmed me, you better watch out because I'm coming after you. Yet the way of the prevailing culture is confronted by Jesus at the table. We talked about how the way of the table is a way of servanthood, selfless, sacrificial servanthood. Yet the way of our prevailing culture is not to serve people, not to selflessly, sacrificially serve, but to long to be served, to be recognized, to be important, to raise up the the corporate ladder and to be somebody. And yet the way of the table confronts the way of the prevailing culture and it calls us to be selfless, sacrificial servants in our families and in our communities, in our church and the people around us. So when we participate in the Lord's Supper, our ways of the prevailing culture are confronted by the ways of the kingdom. And we are called to be kingdom people because the kingdom of God is here, is near, is available. And so you and I are not simply called to something in the future. We are called to a kingdom that is established here. And we are reminded at the table that we are to be people of reconciliation, servanthood, and of hospitality here because the kingdom is here. But we're also reminded at the table that while the kingdom is available and while it is here, and while we can experience its goodness and its eternal nature now, it is not fully come. 
It has not fully come. There is still brokenness in our world. There is still sin in our world. There is still brokenness in you. And there is still brokenness in me. There is still sin in you. And there is still sin in me. We live in a world that is not just Pollyanna and rose-colored glasses. We live in a world where there is still tragedy and pain, grief and despair, both on the global stage and the individual stage. On the global stage where we hear about mass shootings and violence that are running our streets, and on the individual stage where we have broken relationships, families that are falling apart, physical conditions of illness and disease that are wreaking havoc in our own bodies and our own families. And yet the table, communion, the Lord's Supper invites us to anticipate the day when the kingdom will be fulfilled, where there will be no more tears and no more pain and no more griefs, where the old order has gone and a new one has come and we will one day sit at the banquet feast of heaven and we will enjoy the goodness of the culmination of God's good kingdom. And it will come in all of its fullness. And so the reason we have joy in the midst of sorrow and grief and pain and despair is because of the table. It's because of who we meet at the table. Because what happens at the table and what we are called to from the table. I've mentioned this all throughout this series, but it's worth repeating that the Last Supper of Jesus in the upper room was actually Jesus sharing the the Passover meal with His disciples. And the Passover meal was a meal to commemorate the liberation of God's people, the Israelite people, out of bondage of slavery in Egypt. And when God brought them out of Egypt to set them to become a new people, to free them from slavery, to identify them as a people and to promise them an inheritance that were coming. The Israelites gathered on a regular basis to remember and to celebrate the Passover. To not forget, as often we are so used to forgetting, But it was important from one generation to commend to the next generation the glorious work of God on on their behalf to liberate them, to set them free from the bondage of slavery. How they remembered the sacrificial lamb that was smeared, the blood was smeared over the doorpost and how they were saved, that they would submit themselves and place themselves under the smearing of the sacrificial blood of the lamb. Then they were saved. And they would remind each other on a regular basis of the glorious work the Lord has done. And who they were as a result of God's work. That they were a people. And their identity was firmly rooted in who they were in Christ or in God and in the work that God had done. But also to remind them of the promised inheritance that was theirs to come. That was theirs to come. And when Jesus comes, He reframes this Passover meal around Himself. He reframes everything around Him. Instructs the people, the disciples, and us to continue to to feast on this meal, to continue to share this meal. Do this in remembrance of Me, He says. In remembrance of what He has done. How He has set us free from the power of sin in our life. But to do it in remember of who we are as a result of it. That God has established us into a people And to do it in remembrance of the inheritance that is ours to come. What we are living for. Because in Christ, 
we have been set free from the power and the bondage and the presence of sin in our life. We are a new creation, the Scripture says. And we think of each other this way. We are new people, a new family in Christ. And through Christ, God has promised to be with us through all of life's ups and downs. And He has promised to give us a glorious inheritance in the years to come, in the kingdom of heaven. So this is what we do when we gather at the communion table. This is what happens. We retell the story of God's miraculous work in Christ. That throughout all of life's ups and downs, through all of the situations that God or that may come be thrown at us, that God is with us. That we don't lose sight of what Christ has done, of who we are as a result of it, and of the glorious inheritance that is waiting us. See, joy and celebration in the midst of sorrow and despair and pain is an act of faith because we demonstrate that the sorrow, the pain, and the grief and all that we are experiencing will not have the last word. The pain and the sorrow and the grief and the tragedy and the evil that we experience will not have the last word. It is what we say in our communion liturgy and the responsive readings as we get ready for communion every time that we say we proclaim the mystery of our faith, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and friends, Christ will come again. Christ will come again. And when you begin to see the importance of what is happening at the Lord's table, at the communion table, then you will see that it is absolutely crucial for our life together in God. That we come to the table regularly to not forget, to refocus our attention. Because in some ways, you and I, we still live in exile. The culmination of the kingdom has not full, fully come, has not been fully realized. We still live with pain and grief and despair and for sin. But any one of us that are a follower of Jesus Christ, Anyone who's a follower of Jesus Christ, your future is not in question. While it may be difficult to understand, while it may be hard and traumatic at times, the abundance of the Lord's table and what we meet at the Lord's table and what we experience at the Lord's table points us to a future table, the great banquet feast in eternity. If you are in Christ, friends, your, your future is not in question. Whatever you are experiencing in some form of trauma or difficulty or evil today, whether it's a relationship issue, a financial issue, a physical issue, an illness of some kind. Friends, if you are in Christ, your future is not in question because Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. And this table that we celebrate on a regular basis reframes and refocuses what we experience around the glorious hope of who God is of who we are as a result of it and what God is calling us into. This is what we do when we retell the story and celebrate and in anticipation of the banquet feast of eternity. And we talk and share with one another. This is what is going on. That heavenly banquet that God has established for us where we'll sit across a table from one another 
surrounded by a chorus of heavenly beings, of angelic voices that will sing to the glory of God's name where we sit together at this table, this banquet feast. And it's not us alone, but it is corporately gathered up in what God is doing with people across time and place and tribe and nation and voices that gather around. We are reminded of the truth that while there is still pain in this, in this day and while it sometimes is excruciating and while we may still deal with our own personal demons and issues that are daunting at us, Christ will come again. And this banquet feast and this table that you celebrate and that I celebrate, we come to on a regular basis, reframes it all. And may this morning be a visible reminder to you and to to me that this inheritance that is ours in Christ, where we will sit one day at a table with feast all around us, with food all around us, with choice, wine and drink that we can celebrate with one another because one day the culmination of the kingdom will be done and the fruition of the kingdom will come and God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We will sit at a table with young and old and men and women and people of various tongues and tribes and nations and cultures and backgrounds and we will sit and we will sit together centered around the person of Jesus Christ because of what He has done and He has made us into a new family. This is a banquet feast that we look forward to. Surrounded by voices of angelic beings proclaiming God's glory, God's goodness as we feast together the eternal banquet of God for all the rest of eternity. And this is what we're doing this morning. Just a taste. A taste of the hope that we place our confidence in Jesus, our Messiah. So this morning when we take communion together, I'm going to invite you to grab the the bread and the juice that's in the center of your table. And this morning, typically you would come forward and you receive the elements up forward and you'd go around your seats and just sit down. But this morning, I want you to take the bread that's in the middle and I want you to hand it to the person next to you and just hold it out for them. And one person can tear a piece of it off. And as you hand it to them, typically when someone you come forward, you would say, someone would say, the body of Christ which is given for you or the blood of Christ which is poured out for you. This morning, when you take the bread and you hand it to the person and they rip it off, then you tell them, Christ will come again. Christ will come again. And the only proper response out of that that I can think of is you hear that as someone says that to you and you just respond with amen. Amen. And then someone take the, the carafe of juice and pour a little bit in each one of the cups and you pour it around. And as you're pouring it with, with and for one another, then you just simply tell each other, Christ will come again. Christ will come again. Amen. And as we take communion, and, as we, and you can take it as you want to, and as we take communion, there will be voices that are gathered around you singing hallelujah. Because we gather at the feast and the banquet feast of eternity for the praise and the glory of God, for what He is, for who He is, what He has done, who we are, and what we look forward to. So when you take communion this morning, may it be a reminder to you that Christ will come again. May our lives be resurrection lives, living the truth that comes from this banquet table, that we are a family bound together in Christ, unified though diverse, unified in Christ. And may the chorus of heaven and the voices that gather around encourage you that while it may feel like you still live in exile, the table calls you forward forward 
with an eternal hope because Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Let's pray together, and then we can celebrate communion with the voices of those around us. Jesus, it is because of you that we gather this morning and we recognize that at this taste of heaven that we long for more of you. We long for more of your banquet, of your presence in and among us. That as we celebrate you, what you have done and who you are making us to be, we pray that this morning we would be kingdom people. Not only these next few weeks and months to come, but we would be kingdom people with our eyes on eternity, living by faith, trusting and believing that you are true and your ways lead to eternal life. It's in your name we pray. Amen.